If we could turn in our Bibles to Ephesians chapter 4, which we spent some time in yesterday. Um, Daniel talked us through some elements of that in, in the earlier sessions. Um, I'm going to, it's, a, it's a, brilliant, um, a brilliant passage for what could be. Um, so let's, let's uh, we will read uh, Ephesians chapter 4. And um, obviously the context is, is that Jesus is, the ascended Jesus has given gifts to the church and those gifts are people. So this isn't just people with gifts, this is that certain people are called and given to the church as gifts um, by Jesus to his church. And those, those people being apostles, prophets, evangelists, shepherds and teachers. And then if we pick up um, from verse 12, uh, the reason they are given is to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for building up of the body of Christ until we attain to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to mature manhood, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, so that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness in deceitful schemes. Rather, speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into him who is the head, into Christ, from whom the whole body joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped when each part is working properly makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love it's a lot in there um, this is a shorter session than yesterday even this is a 10 minute session that I've got here so I'm going to do my best with what I've got uh, time wise in terms of um, what could uh, be so the last thing that the last thing we get in this passage is, an, is the image of a church that is simply kind of uh, trailing behind secular culture by about 10 or 20 years, which sadly is often the case, um, limping along without power or vigour. That is the last thing that we get really here in this, uh, in this, in this passage. We see something very vibrant, um, very, very distinctive, very dynamic. Um, it is the vision of a glorious church. It's the vision of the church mature. And it is, it is, it is a sight to behold and it's something that is so important that we keep in front of us as we are involved in, in the, in the day to day life of, um, that journey to maturity. So Daniel spoke yesterday about the purpose of God for the church being both maturity and unity and how those two things um, are, are contingent upon one another uh, to some degree. He contrasted a child growing up into maturity and independence with a married couple growing up into maturity and interdependence, making the point that we need one another, which is a very, very uh, important point. Only together can we come to maturity. You, me and Jesus, as, as unholy as it sounds, is not sufficient. Um, even back to the beginning where, where Adam, you know, was walking with God, uh, and there was no sin and no barriers and no darkness. God's assessment of him is that he is alone. I mean, it's, 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 uh, it's surprising. Um, and so this need for one another. I, I, I thought that was a, a, a genius point yesterday, but I also want to suggest to you that Paul's image 
for maturity and for unity is a step beyond even that image of a, of a married couple coming into that, that wonderful unity. It's the very image he draws upon in this passage, that of the interconnected members of a human body, which takes you to a whole, a whole new place of wonder in terms of unity. Think for a moment about the way your body works together. It is quite something. And that's actually the image that Paul is holding up saying, church unity. This ability to be able to move with uh, uh, elegance, um, this ability to be able to move with skill. If you think about a child initially, you know, when they're very, very young, you'll suddenly you'll see a little baby suddenly donk themselves in the eye because there's not the, those fine motor skills aren't there. There's there's so much that's not yet there, although potentially everything is there. But then as 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 years go on and skills are learned, and and one may become a dancer and one may become a builder, and 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 this, the the body is doing incredible, stunning things. This is the kind of this is the the. the Church unity should create the kind of scenario, the kind of church which can dance through the nation and, and march through the nation in step and purposefully. This is the image that Paul is giving us here. Think about the utter indivisible interconnectedness of the human body. This is what a mature church will look like and how beautiful her feet will be. How beautiful her feet will be as she dances through the nation. But let's think about stature as well. Because stature is a really important um, element in this passage. Jesus exemplifies perfect maturity in himself. Unfortunately, his church often doesn't. Meaning that we have at times a slightly grotesque image of an adult head on a toddler's body. And what Paul is saying here when he talks about maturity, he's saying that that's not the goal. The goal is a body that is in proportion to the head. Think about that for a moment. A body that fits the head. You go, oh yeah, that fits. That's right. That's not bizarre. That's not unusual. That and but it, the stature is 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 in line with the stature of Christ Himself, who is the head of the body. This is the goal. This is what a mature church will look like. It's, um, I'd like us to dream in this session about what a mature church might look like around our tables. Daniel's going to facilitate that in a moment. But I want us to do some dreaming, to allow ourselves to go blue sky, to allow ourselves to say what could be. We'll get on to what will be later, but this is the what could be session. But particularly in light of courage in our character. What is a, what is a maturely courageous church? Look like what does a what does a church look like that is made up of people who 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 are overcoming timidity in in the way that they internally in in their relationship with God in their relationship with one another that are knocking down these barriers of fear and before we do this in our groups I'd just like to draw your attention again to the passage in Ephesians four where Paul in the middle of this very kind of mystical imagery he um he actually makes some really practical points, two practical points, um, in fact, that highlight a mature church and what she would look like. And that is, number one, that she is not easily moved, not tossed around by waves of doctrine, winds winds of doctrine blowing through, not tossed around by 
human cunning and deceitful schemes. Not easily moved, number one. And then number two, that she speaks the truth in love. Those are the two very practical, earthy uh, applications, if you like, or illustrations that Paul brings into the middle of this very mystical kind of image. A church not easily moved, a church that is willing to speak the truth in love. Whether that's, I believe, it, I believe it's, you know, it works both ways, whether that's speaking the gospel truth in love or sometimes just being honest. <laughs> I think both those things would, would fit under that category. Okay, and so as we consider maturity and unity in our groups, particularly considering courage in character, let's also be bearing these things in mind about not being easily moved and also speaking the truth in love.